Welcome to the No Filter Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Ronnie Cook. Today, I have another special photographer. She is one of Houston's top photographers. Please help me welcome Miss Deborah Cook. Like I always said, it's always amazing being able to talk to these different, all these different photographers. It doesn't matter if they're from the East Coast, the West Coast, down South, you know, up North, from Canada, or anywhere. It's always amazing to be able to hear their journey of how they got started. From just picking up a camera, or their parents giving them their first camera, and then them proceeding to get better and better and better. And that's the real goal is you don't want to just stay at one level. You want to, you know, progress where, you know, oh, I can do this one better. Oh, I can do that. Oh, I can do this. You know, what if I do it this way, but twist it and have it my, give it my little, you know, twist on it. So it's, I just love hearing all the different journeys that all these photographers take time out of their busy schedules and talk about. And they're just so different where I had one of them where they just started, you know, Oh, I just picked up a camera when I was seven. It was disposable one. And, you know, another one, Oh, my dad gave me my first camera when I was spot, you know, 13 and, It just started from there. Everybody has their different path. And what I want y'all to do is just think, like I've always said, be creative. If you go out there and shoot, the more you shoot, the more you're going to get better. The more you get better, the more opportunities you will be able to get. And... It just goes from there. So I'm going to have in my notes. um, Miss Deborah's. Website. And Instagram. And Facebook where. She does teach. Classes on how. Well how to do. You know do some photography. But on. If you need help. on in In a way where. You know oh just. The editing or the the camera wise or anything like that. I'll have that in the notes. But for now, it's Deborah Cook, D E B O R A H K O C H, Facebook, Deborah Cook Photography underscore Houston for Instagram and Facebook Deborah Cook Photography. So y'all go check it out. If y'all need any help, give her a holler. And that's basically it. Oh, I do want to say, if you haven't already, I do have a Facebook page, No Filter Photography Podcast. If y'all are interested, come by, say hi. Um, Give it a like. Doesn't matter. But y'all come by, say hi. And yeah. So until next time, y'all keep y'all's camera going. And... I'll see y'all next time.
here with the famous Deborah Cook. How are you doing? <laughs> I don't know about famous. I'm doing great. <laughs> How are you? I'm doing pretty good. So can you tell the audience a little more about yourself? Uh, sure. I am Deborah Cook. I was born and raised in Brazil. I moved to the U.S. about 21 years ago and uh, have been a photographer for eight years now. I've had the camera for 10, but kind of, you know, took a couple of years just learning and have been doing for eight years now. Awesome. Um, so how did you get started doing photography? You know, it's funny. I always say photography found me instead of, you know, me finding photography. I, um, I was in college. I graduated. And uh, it took me a while to graduate because we moved uh, quite a bit, my husband and I. And by the time I graduated college, I had been to like five different institutions. And it was almost six years in. So finally decided to start a family. I was six months pregnant when I graduated and stayed at home. And so I had my daughter, had my son, and it just, I was happy to be at home, but just wasn't accomplishing anything short term. I knew being at home would be long term, very rewarding, but I didn't really have that sparkle. So my sister started dating a boy um, um, photographer, um, and I was like, you know what? That sounds fun. Like a camera. Yeah, that's easy. It's just click a button, and I have memories of my kids. So <laughs> fool me, you know, decided to buy a camera and I thought I was going to just be as good as a professional photographer in, in two weeks. And um, so that's why I said it took me a couple of years. So for, for a year or so, I was just photographing my children and posting a couple of images. And then some friends started asking, hey, can you photograph my kids too? So for the next year, I decided to study photography. And, uh, and I, I don't learn very fast. I, I had to sit down and really study and really um, read and watch YouTube videos. Back then, it wasn't even as much content as it is nowadays. There was no um, academy or there's very little online, but I had to sit down and, and really figure it out. And then um, after a year of studying, I decided to to start my business and start my LLC and become a photographer. Awesome. Yeah, there's, I, I think with people starting out doing photography, there is a lot of YouTube search to study, to get knowledge about the camera and doing yeah. photography. That was mainly it. It was learning my camera, learning my lenses, learning the triangle of exposure. It was all new concepts to me. Besides being in another language, not, you know, my, my birth language, it was uh, all new concepts that I had to understand and I had to explore, take the camera outside and, and try different things to really understand what I was doing. So... What kind of photography did you start out doing? And then what kind of photography are you doing now? I started out uh, as a portrait photographer, and that's still what I'm doing. I early on knew I could not do events. My, um, my brother-in-law, you know, later my sister married him. Um, he's a wedding photographer. And I just always saw his struggle, you know, leaving the house for eight or ten hours at the time. And I knew it wasn't my reality. So I always knew I wanted to do portraits and I always wanted to uh, photograph 
childhood photograph families and connections and things like that. I've tried newborns before. It was not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Newborn photographers out there, I have a lot of respect for you. It was just not for me. But I've always liked capturing <laughs> personality. So I've always knew I wanted children and families. So <clears throat> I know you started doing are taking photos of your children and family. How did you get into the maternity photography? You know, um, I never had maternity or newborn photos. Back in the day, it wasn't even a thing. You know, my daughter's 13, my son is 11. It was before Facebook. It was before social media. People really didn't do those, those photo sessions with with maternity and, you know, with the big belly, the flowy dress and all of that. So once I started seeing that, and I guess because I didn't, um, it was something that really captured me and really, um, it was something that I wanted to do for other women out there to show them how beautiful they look, to show them the miracle of a life. So I think I started maternity because I've always had the love for it, but it's something that I didn't have that I wanted to pass Yeah. <clears throat> so when you first started out, what kind of camera did you use? And are you did you uh, um, upgrade your camera or are you still using the same camera? Oh no. <laughs> I started with a crop, I think, like most of us, and um, I had the lens kit. And then from the lens kit, I went to a 50, 1.8. Um, I've always done Canon. I've always been a Canon girl. So I started out with the 60D. And then about a year, year and a half later, I decided that I wanted to go to a full frame. So I went to a 60. And then from that, I went to the 5D Mark III, which is still a camera that I use for a studio. And then... In the last year, year and a half, I upgraded to mirrorless, the R5. And uh, my my lenses, I started out with the 50, well, the, the kit, and then the 50. And then I kind of played a little bit with lenses. It took me a while to figure it out my style and figure it out what I really liked. I, I done the 24 to 70, didn't like the distortion. I've done the 135, and I, I didn't think it was fast it wasn't canon though it was um it was an off-brand and then i tried the 70 to 200 and loved it really enjoyed being able to zoom in and out like how sharp the images turned out although everyone says that you know a prime lens is better and uh and then i figured that i was picking up my 70 to 200 a lot more often than my 135 um, it would stay in the bag. It was never my first choice. So I sold the 135 and went to the 200. I bought the 200 probably about four years ago. And that's my go-to lens now. Ah, so that must be your favorite lens right now. Yes, I love the 200. I love the compression. I love, you know, the, the bokeh. I love how sharp and fast it is. It is a heavy lens. It is an expensive lens. It's not um, the one that I use 100% of the times. If I'm photographing mini sessions or uh, toddlers, I go to my 70 to 200 still. But the 200 is my go-to for, for older children and family and definitely maternity. So what is a tip for 
uh, doing photographing toddlers, what is your tip to make them sit, sit still? You know, um, I teach that a lot in workshops. Photographing children in general, you have to understand what phase of their lives that they are. You know, you can talk to an eight-year-old the same way that you talk to a two-year-old because they think you're crazy. And then you also can talk to an eight-year-old, you know, a two-year-old or a one-year-old, like you talk to a 10-year-old because they don't understand. They can't relate. And then I think you have to respect their timing, too. Um, Six-month-old, you know, their attention spam is about a minute, a minute and a half, and then they need to go to the next thing. A toddler, they, a two-year-old, they're in a no phase. So whatever you tell them, it's a no. So you kind of have to manipulate them to do what you want without really asking them. So, hey, is that a butterfly? Oh, my goodness. Let's go take a look. Is that, look, I'm going to point to the butterfly. Can you do the same? Let me see. So you kind of have to challenge them. And then as they grow older, you know, three, four-year-olds, you kind of play a little bit with them. You kind of get into their language if it's princess or ninja turtles or whatever it is. And then at five, they start school. They are a little bit more, um, you know, conscious about following directions if they have done pre-K or kindergarten. So they know the authority figure, you know, the teacher or the parents at home. They can negotiate and bribe a little bit more. And then as they grow older, it's a little bit easier. But maybe photograph toddler to answer your question. Um, I like to have a prop or something that will keep them confined at a specific location. Oh, yeah. And I, I guarantee you had very much very, very good practice with your own kids, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I have, a, you know, a ADHD son. He, he's a boy, very moving around a lot. So it was a very good practice for me. And my, my daughter has always modeled for me. She's still on my page a lot. So um, half, halfway through, you know, your, your children don't listen to you like a stranger would. Because, right. You know, they're not intimidated. They're not like, mm, who is this lady that's telling me to do this? So a lot of times they, they're, you know, more playful and all of that. But I think because watching my grow, I was able to filter out and I was able to come up with, you know, this concept of, of dealing with children at different ages. Awesome. That is very true. Um so what do you think that ha think has improved since you started doing photography and what do you think still needs to be improved? Um, technology definitely has improved, you know, the um, being able to access lots of different videos, lots of different editing videos, uh, the cameras itself. I mean, they've gone a long ways. The mirrorlesses are amazing. You know, they have so much new technology uh, that has definitely helped us photographers um i think what needs to improve is sense of community a lot of times luckily we have an amazing um group in, in houston and we have you know participating several groups on facebook and people are very kind but i think in general um, leaving that competition mindset and gear into community mindset. Hey, I can do it, but I have a friend that could do it for you. Hey, you're doing this, so let me do something different so, you know, we can each offer different things to different publics. I think that, 
that has a lot of yes um what do you use to edit your your uh, pictures i use I use Lightroom about 5% of my work and then Photoshop about 95% of my work. I could not live without Photoshop. Uh, what, is, what is it about Photoshop that you like more than Lightroom? Um, manipulation. I'm able to add layers. I'm able to uh, composite images, switch heads, uh, liquefying. I use liquefying a lot, you know, for body contouring, for um, hair, for... Uh, background, different distractions in the background, uh, working on the foreground, and then a lot of color uh, correction and uh, color on the self in the image. I paint lots of brushes, lots of uh, different uh, details, you know, dog and bird and things like that that I would not be able to use in life. So I start out in life and I do all the so what did you when you first started doing photography and started editing your pictures what did you come across first lightroom or photoshop lightroom i started in lightroom and uh, i was happy with it it was okay but I knew I wanted more. So that part of that year that I took off to learn photography was basically to learn Photoshop. Mm. And don't you te teach classes on uh, Lightroom and Photoshop? I do. Well, I teach editing classes. And uh, like I mentioned, I start out in Lightroom and then transition to Photoshop. So I don't have any classes specifically in Lightroom. And honestly, I'm not even very good at Lightroom. I only touch about four or five tools over there. And then I transfer to Photoshop. So I do um, a lot of workshops and uh, conferences and, uh, and uh, you know, a lot of editing videos, classes, and it's mostly in um, Photoshop. Oh, okay. Okay. So take me back to your very first photo session, not with your kids, but your very first photo session. Um, that day, how did that day go for your very first one? And then what, uh, how can I, okay, so what gear did you bring with you that day? And then do you still take, if you took a lot of gear then, do you still take all the gear that you did on your first photo shoot to the ones that you do now? Oh, Ronnie, my goodness, that's a tricky question. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I don't know that I remember my first session. I'm terrible with memory. In fact, I only know I've been So I'm pretty much the first few sessions that first I 
Yeah, I, I guess you can say the first few sessions are kind of a, like a blur. You know, you just you want to get through them, but you want to get everything done that you written down to, you know, like you said, take pictures with the mom and kids, the mom and dad, the dad and kids. And if you miss one, learn from your mistakes and then just do better on your next one. Exactly. And then lighting, you know, we plan for an hour and then you take an hour and a half and it's like, oh, my gosh, now I don't have an or location, you go too early, and then there's, you know, you don't look for a consistent shade, and all of a sudden the images are, you know, all blown out and things like that. That I think when we first start, we get so excited about, um, you know, just doing it that you don't think about, hey, what do I have? What am I looking for? Do I have all subjects? Are they all lined up in the same focal plan? Are they not? You know, what, what aperture should I be using? What do I have behind my subject? All of those things that you kind of, as you gain experience, you think about. And when you're first starting, you're just so excited about it, you forget to, to look for all of those uh, specifics. So I, I think I try, I guess as anyone else, I started out so excited about it. And then I tried to slow down a little bit more. And now my work is probably... 90% posing and planning and only 10% pushing the button. So now do you, when you do a Photoshop or a Photoshop, a uh, photo session, do you go early to that location? Let's say you go to, you know, you have one on the beach down in Galveston while you're in Texas. And do you go down there early to that spot and, you know, take a, a couple pictures to see if everything's right? I do not, no. Um, unless it's a location that I don't know, then I will go probably, you know, a different date at the same time as my session would start just to kind of figure out the lighting and the photo opportunities. But uh, I typically go to the session 30 minutes before my client. Oh, okay. So if someone was looking to get into doing photography and looking to buy a camera and some gear, would you recommend them to buy a new camera and new gear or a used camera and used gear? Um, I don't I don't necessarily uh, think it makes a difference. I think, you know, whatever fits their budget. I think I think having good gear is important. I'm not one of those. Oh, you can make whatever with whatever you have. I think, you know, you don't have to start out with a top-notch gear. I think you can start out basic entry level, but it needs to be something good, you know. And most important is to learn your gear. Don't think that just because you start driving in a Ferrari, you're going to be, you know, uh, a race driver because it's not going to work that way. So buy what fits your budget. Think about what you want to do. So you want to do portraits, you want to do events, you want to do you need different lenses for different uh, types of sessions, you need different gear, is it, you know, is it going to be able to support more life, or is it going to be for an action shot, is it going to be best or, you know, a camera that lets off more light, or 
or you know a lens that that's out for life. So um, I think you need to think before you purchase, before you make a big purchase, which is you know, it, it can be hard for, for a lot of us. Uh, think about what you need. Talk to people. Think about the budget, and then learn. Go to the menu. Go to YouTube. Look for videos. Interlab. Look at all the different options, and then from there you can. Don't start out at the top, but you know, don't start out at the bottom. Oh yeah. Um. So you mentioned, or I mentioned, kind of earlier that you do do. Uh, you do. Oh sessions where you you know you teach about photoshop and then you do you go to places and talk about you know can you uh briefly talk about um you know when you go to places to talk do you what what basically do you talk about like you know how you got started the business side the the camera the the editing or do you throw it all in there together uh, it really depends, Ronnie, on the event, and it really depends on what I'm hired for. So I do some conferences. I recently was in Brazil, you know, in a conference for 600 people. Uh, there, for that specific conference, I talked about fine art photography. So I talked a little bit. I introduced myself, you know, told them a little bit about me, and then um, talked a little bit about fine art and then how uh, important outfits and locations and kind of, you know, put them a little bit into my, my work process. Um, I have been to conferences where I just spoke about maternity photography and how, you know, posing and connection with, you know, family and all that. Um, I have done before where I only done children and I talked about, you know, the, the magic of childhood and uh, sessions like that. So, there are several few uh, different events, I guess I should say. So the conferences where you are on stage talking to a broad, um, you know, um, broad knowledge and just kind of more inspiring than, than actually teaching. Um, and you talk a little bit about your journey and a little bit about that specific thing that you prepared for the, for the conference. And then I've done retreats where I was hired to do, um, I recently did one in Los Angeles with Anna Brandt, where um, I was doing um, children and maternity. It was, I think, 10 or 12 instructors and about 70 students. Um, I have done before um, just maternity. I have done in Hilton Head, um, in the Carolinas. Uh, and then my workshops, I do workshops by myself where I teach uh, fine art. So I teach maternity and children and family. I have done workshops with Sarah Hunt, which is our Making Magic workshop, with two-day workshops. We teach um, everything, like camera setting, lighting, posing, connections, session management. Uh, we have models come in, we have students have opportunity to practice, and then we teach a lot of editing. And then besides that, I do um, content creations for uh, different platforms. I, I have been an instructor with Superman Academy for a few years. I have done um, magazine, you know, uh, posts. I have done uh, Finding North photography. I've done editing video for 
exam have been um, different uh, different platforms like within a brand at summit uh, some for Brazil have done projects with them so it really depends on uh, specifically what they hire me for and then my workshops I just cover pretty much everything ah oh, that's pretty cool what is your where has your favorite conference been my favorite oh my goodness i think i'll get in trouble if i tell you <laughs> <laughs> this this recently one in brazil was uh, was very much fun because um you know because that's where i'm from but it's interesting to me that there they see me as international photographer just because i have been in the u.s longer than i have been in brazil but that's my country that's where i was born so they were very um they're very, uh, let's say, um, surprised that I speak the language, that I speak Portuguese, but uh, they were very cheerful of my work and I think very supportive of seeing somebody, you know, leaving the country and, and do well abroad and then go back to teach them. So it, the energy was, was amazing. All right. So have you ever or have you gotten somebody that you do these on? Is it only online classes that you do or do you do them in person, too? No, no, I do it in person. And uh, in online, I do um, editing. I do mentoring like one hour, three hours. Um, I do a lot of mentoring in my studio where a client, you know, a student in that case will come and spend the whole day with me. Um, I do VIP mentoring where I travel to my students. Uh, those are two days and we go location scouting and we do sessions together and we do editing together. Uh, it really depends on the need of the person or of the event. I, I customize and I cater a lot, just like a session I would, you know, it, is it a mom? Is it is she pregnant? Does she have other kids? How many outfits does she want? Does she want beach? Does she want nature? Does she want indoor? So I look at the needs of the group. Obviously, when I'm teaching a workshop, I have to consider that somebody may have just picked up a camera. Somebody may be doing. Uh, when I speak in conferences, it's more of um, it's hard to to pass a lot of information or a lot of teaching in an hour. So it's a lot more uh, inspiring and you know and uh, different ideas. And a lot of times, the audience they they pick up something that you say. And then they think, well, how can I bring that back to my work and how can I change and how can I improve my work? So it's more about inspiring than teaching. It really depends on what, what I do. And so have you taught a workshop, you know, with that one student and then a couple years later come to them and them just be like, you know, oh, my God, thank you so much. You know, this is my work before and this is my work, you know, after and it's just has any of it blown you away? Yes, yes, very many. Uh, mostly the mentoring sessions, like when they come and spend a one-on-one day with me. And I've actually had workshop students that later on decided to come and do the mentoring afterwards. But yes, and this is the reason why I teach, Ronnie. Making a difference in somebody's life is very rewarding to me. I've had a lot of students come and say, hey, I cannot thank you enough because of, you know, your marketing tips. I have increased my prices and now I'm able to afford vacations or I can put my kids to private school 
or I'm happy with my work now where I wasn't before. And a lot of times I refer my clients, my uh, students to, you know, to clients. A client will say, hey, I'm going to Colorado. Do you have a photographer over there? And I'm like, yes, I do. I have this student and she's doing so amazing. You need to go see her. So it's, that's super rewarding to me. And that's the reason why I love teaching. That is pretty awesome to be able to, you know, see somebody working and their photos are good, but you know, if you teach them a little more that, you know, their photos will just pop more than yes. ever. And that their reaction on it is like, Oh my God, I can actually do this. And a year later, they're like, you know, Oh, you know, look at my photos. And it's just like, boom. <laughs> that is an amazing feeling. I, I, I love doing and then, you know, the opposite also works. It, it, I can see sometimes that they haven't improved or they haven't improved much. And I'm like, hey, I, you know, I haven't seen many images in the style that we did. What do you think? Do you need a little extra help? Do you think that you would benefit from a little bit more editing classes or, you know, or I may see an image. I have a group with all of my students and very often they post image for, you know, critiques or and then the students jump in and we help each other. It's not just me. So a lot of times I may send them a private message and say, hey, I think that you should have done this or you could do this. Let, let me encourage you. Go ahead and take, you know, a model, do a session. And I want you to try this, this and this. So it happens sometimes as well. Oh, yeah. Do you so do you also when the student gets a model? and get, gets a photo session, do you go with them? Or have you gone with them and you just kind of stand in the background and then, you know, the student's like, oh, should I do this, this, and this? Or do you tell them, oh, yeah, yeah, you should do this? Or, you know, kind of guide them, but just stand off where, you know, let them do their thing? In my workshops, I don't photograph as much. I just take a couple of images just to basically pay the models for their time. But it's the time that the students have to, you know, go out there and put in practice what we just talked about in the classroom. So mm. um, all of my workshops have a big part of, um, you know, photographing and being able to explore. And then oftentimes I haven't gone to a session with a student and then, you know, move through the session with them. But very many times I've had students come with me to a session and kind of watch me doing a session with the client. Obviously they can, you know, photograph a client because I'm getting paid, but very often I bring a student with me to a session and let them see what I just spoke with him, with them, you know, about, Hey, remember what we talked about session management. I want you to pay attention and see how I do it. So I have done that before. It really depends really what I'm, you know, what I'm uh, hired to do. Yeah. Yeah, that's understandable. So if you weren't ta uh, weren't taking photos or pictures of your kids and families, what kind of photography do you think you would be taking? Or do you think you would be doing any or doing photography at all? I love photography. I, I just think that it's our it's our legacy to the world. You know, we we're all going to die one day. And we're leaving beautiful memories for generations to come. I think it's something that um, financially is rewarding. Um, you know, mentally is very rewarding to me to know that I'm 
creating something so beautiful for a mom, for a child. You know, I love creating beautiful princess images and knowing that the child will grow up hearing, oh my gosh, you look so beautiful. Look at that image. And that's why I encourage, you know, wall art and I encourage albums and things like that because we're making a difference in somebody's life. So I don't see myself, I mean, I have a degree in business, international business, marketing and management, but I don't see myself working in corporate America or doing any other job. I just love it so much. And I'm so thankful for, for being able to go that path. And so with anybody listening right now, and they're wanting to maybe get, you know, do a couple of your workshops, can you tell them where they can uh, find them at? Yes, of course. Um, well, several different places. I, I feel like I have so many projects going on all at the same time. Um, I'm a resident instructor for Sumerana. I have a couple of workshops over there, and I have um, several editing videos. Uh, they're membership-based. I believe it's $25 a month, and you get you know content to my, you have access to my content and then 40 other photographers all over the world. And it's, it's just very amazing, very organized into models. So you can start with basics and then grow as you grow, you can watch different, you know, all the way up to like very hard composite videos, you know, putting a child in a dragon in the sky and things like that. So I'm there at Sumerana Academy. Um, I've also had, I think I've done four or five different uh, summits with Anna Brandt, where I spoke anywhere from mini sessions and profitable mini sessions to uh, children management to, you know, editing videos and all of that. Um, in my website, DebraCookPhotography.com, I have editing videos where you can purchase and just watch in your own pace and kind of, you know, have a similar image and, and edit in that style. I have a workshop coming up in Dallas where I'm teaching by myself. It's a fine art workshop in September. I have a workshop with Sarah Hunt, The Making Magic, which is a, you know, a big show that we put gorgeous models and lots of fun. Uh, we have one in uh, North Carolina coming up in the fall as well. Um, I have, I'm gonna be in a retreat. It's um, the Sprout Retreat in Florida in, uh, in the fall. I do private mentoring. You know, you can come to me and spend a day at the studio in Houston, Texas with me. You can fly me to your, to your state or to your country and uh, we can spend a whole weekend together. You basically get inside my brain and, and you know, I'll share all of my creativity with you. Um, I can do private mentoring on the computer. If you have an image that you really want to see edited by me, I, we can do that. If you want to see me editing one of my images, I can do. If you need marketing tips, if you need mini session tips, basically anything. I love helping others grow and achieve, you know, their best. And for anybody listening, I will have those, all the, what she mentioned in the notes below. So if okay. you would like to, to visit her website or get any tips from her, I'll have that in the in the notes below as well. So, is there? Do you have any tips for anyone that's wanting to start doing photography or wants to do family or kids photography? Yes, I have a few um, that I have learned. So these are all from experience throughout the years. Okay, uh, first of all, invest. Invest, like we mentioned, invest in a good gear. 
Uh, it doesn't have to be top notch, but invest in something good that you're going to use for a couple of years. You know, invest in yourself, invest in education. You can't just buy a camera and, you know, add a title to photographer to your name. It's uh, just like any business. If you start a restaurant, you need to buy tables, you need ovens and refrigerators, and you need a chef. You know, if you start a school, you need chairs, you need technology. Photography is no different. You need to invest. You need gear and you need education. You need a little bit of background in business because you can be an awesome photographer if you don't know how to deal with your business. If you don't have an LLC in place, if you don't have your insurance, if you're not paying taxes, you know, if you're not figuring out your cost of doing business and figuring out all of that part, you're not going to succeed unless you have somebody doing that for you, which is an option as well. But learn the basics of owning a business and entrepreneurship. It's extremely, you know, um, uh, important. And then just go out there, have fun, you know, don't get stuck on what everyone else is doing so you can offer the same thing for less or you can offer more images. Think about what people are doing. Do something totally different. Create your own self, you know, have, have your imagination uh, flow, be creative and offer what no one's offering so you can charge what no one's charging. Value yourself. A lot of people starting off offering classes for $50, $100, that's not enough. That's not, by the time you pay your taxes, you pay your cost of doing business, you pay your insurance and your, your you know, um, education and all of that, you can work in the mall and make money. So value yourself because if you don't, your clients will not value you. And the best marketing I've, I have noticed is word of mouth. Yes, yes, very much. If you put in your mind that you need to exceed your client's expectations, and I'm not saying exceed expectations by delivering more images or anything like that. Offer a good customer service. Offer a customized session. Hear what your client is expecting. Ma'am, sir, what are you looking for? Okay, we're going to do that. By delivering an amazing service, they're going to be pleased. They're going to tell their friends about it. They're going to come back to you. They're going to post images online and tag you, you know, and you very soon have a lot more clients coming back your way. If you barely exceed their expectations, they'll be like, yeah, it was okay. How was your session? Yeah, it was all right. Did she do a good job? Yeah, the, the, the photos are cute, you know they're not going to be talking about you. And obviously, if you don't meet their expectations, they're gonna be talking negatively about you. So always try to exceed your client's expectations. Hear what they're looking for, figure it out their expectations, and go one step farther. Yes. What has, one last question, what has oh. been your favorite session? Like, like you just said, you know, what are they looking for? What has been the most creative, creative uh, session that have you ever done? Oh, I may need a minute to think. I, I've done several. I have done, um, and you know, a lot of times my creative sessions are not even with clients. It's 
with models or with my own children in different locations. Um, if you look at my Instagram page, I have one with my daughter where she's in some flowers. That was in Tobruk uh, last summer. Last summer we bought an RV and we traveled throughout the United States. Uh, we spent 10 weeks traveling over the summer. And uh, throughout this, this, the trip, I have done some clients. I have a page where um, my out-of-town clients can, you know, figure it out my work schedule because I travel a lot for work and, and for, you know, person as well. So they can figure it out where I'm going to be. And a lot of times I get hired to do their sessions um, in different states. So throughout that uh, trip, I've done, you know, Valley of Fire. I've done a man thing over there. Um, in Vegas, we have done uh, Tillamook, beautiful um, flowers. We have done a uh, beach session. I've done Colorado with um, Garden of the Gods and then uh, uh, the mine paints and then the salt flats in Utah and then uh, San Diego at the beach uh, with a friend. So uh, those were all they were either for clients or for mentoring sessions, but they were all very creative. I think that was my favorite trip, I would say. Awesome. I bet it's beautiful out there in Colorado. Oh, Colorado is amazing. In fact, our family photos were done by a local friend in Colorado who is amazing, Jessica Valia. And uh, we used those images of my family for our Christmas cards last year. Utah was so beautiful, so magical at the salt flats, you know, with the with the beautiful white and the sun in the back. Um, San Diego at the beach was amazing. It was, you know, uh, the the beach is so different than what we have in Texas. They have no. a lot of rocks and textures, and the water is so beautiful. So every place I go, I try to to look for, you know, a little a little area where I can create a little bit of magic, and and then also at I'm not trying to put Galveston down, but just about anything is better than Galveston. <laughs> yeah, I've done. I mean, I, I love sessions in Galveston. The beach is my happy place, I guess, because I was born and raised in Brazil. Um, and I, I mean, I just need to do a little bit more work as far as replacing the sky, painting the water and all of that. So yeah. it's doable to, to do beautiful sessions in Galveston. But, uh, of course, I'm in Mexico right now, you know, in uh, Cancun. The water is so blue. We can never, I could never achieve that color in Galveston. And a lot of times <laughs> what I do is um, I do some back um, backdrop images, and then I use part of those images into painting into my clients' images as well. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out to do this interview. Of course. Yes. Thank you so much. It, it finally happened. We've been only planning for about what three or four months now because I've been <laughs> crazy all over the world. <laughs> yes, ma'am. But I appreciate it and I hope you enjoy your stay in, down here in Mexico. Yes, thank you so much. And I do want to tell your listeners if you guys have any questions, I'm very accessible. Just you know, leave a comment in my in one of my images. Leave leave a question. Hit me on you know Instagram or Facebook. I'm I'm. I'm always available. I, I love to help, you know, if there's anything I can do for you, um, do let me know. I like to hear from everybody. What is your, uh, face, your Instagram and Facebook? 
My Instagram is Deborah Cook Photography and then the little underscore Houston. And then my Facebook is Deborah Cook Photography. Okay. I will definitely put that on the notes so people can check out more of your work. Yeah, and Cook is just like yours, K-O-C-H. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, it sure is. Um, Although we're not related, we, we ought to add that to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. <clears throat> well, I appreciate it. Yes. Thank you, everyone at home. Hopefully that, um, you know, inspire you to go outside, pick up your camera, create something beautiful. And again, if you have any questions, let us know. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.